Friends and partners of Kevin Inman Ministries present Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. Pastor Kevin is committed to equipping you to earnestly contend for the faith. For more information on Pastor Kevin and Contenders Radio, please visit our website at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org. And welcome to today's edition of Contenders Radio. I'm Kevin Inman, excited to be back here with you again today. And today we're talking about the state of the church. Specifically, we're talking about the state of theology in the church. There was a survey that was done this year, 2018, that's 2018, by a joint effort from Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway Research Today. Excuse me. And in this survey, the state of theology, they ask, what do Americans believe about God, salvation, ethics, and the Bible? And so they join up to discover, or at least uncover, the answers to those questions and more. And so today we're going to take a look at this survey and the ramifications of, um, well, what we see, the results of this survey, and, and, and yes, the ramifications of, of Christendom here in America. It is... Uh, it's a sad state of affairs, sadly, my friends. The church, uh, she has her work cut out for her, but sadly, a lot of Christians or so-called Christians, professing evangelical Christians as what the survey defined them, um, many do not know what they believe. Uh, there are a few bright and shining spots here in the survey, but for the most part, it speaks of the sad state of affairs in our churches today. Our churches are not teaching uh, their members, they're not teaching the adults, they're not teaching the children, and parents are not teaching their children the ways of the faith. We're not teaching them the truths of Scripture. And it is a sad state of affairs, as I said, and it is leading us uh, to a place um, that is just uh, detrimental, not only to society as a whole, but but to the future, the future of our church here in America, should the Lord tarry. And we do believe in the rapture of the church here at Contenders Radio, and uh, I believe that one day the Lord will come, uh, the trump of God, a moment in a twinkling of an eye, we will be snatched up the harpazo, the rapture of the church, and, and what a blessed thing. It is that, that blessed hope that we have, and the Bible speaks of that in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, John 14, 1 through 3, and elsewhere. But but again, until the Lord tarries, the church is to continue on, and, and sadly, folks, uh, today in America, church is just something we, we add to an already hectic schedule, uh, and so we'll, we'll attend if there's time. Uh, used to that was not the case. Church was the priority of of uh, the center of a Christian home. It was the priority for Christian families. Uh, kids weren't allowed to miss if they had something else going on, or if they just wanted to sleep in, or if they just didn't feel like going. Parents uh, made attendance at church and participation in church a priority. And what we did in doing so was we taught our children that yes that this faith that we hold to is important to us. And, and today, sadly, it seems like everything else except this faith of Christianity, biblical Christianity, is important to us. Uh, we make our kids go to school. In fact, think about what we're doing in sending our children to school. We're sending them five days a week for some seven or eight hours a day to be taught by others, to be indoctrinated by others. And and let's make no mistake about it. Um, our public schools are 
centers of indoctrination. They just are, and there's there's no denying that. There's no way around it. We have thrown God out of our public institutions, and 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 the result is 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 horrific. But what we have replaced God with. The Christian God is teachings on Islam, but but mostly we're teaching um, another religion, the religion of secular humanism. It is a it is a religion that is void of the true God that elevates humanity to the role of God, the role that is rightfully the Lord God's alone. And and and, and folks, it's just the truth. Our Secular schools are breeding grounds of contempt for God. They are teaching our children that that man is the highest on the evolutionary food chain, that we have evolved, that there is no God, there's no need for God. And, and folks, we wonder why our children don't believe. But that is the subject matter for another episode. Uh, let's get back to the subject at hand, the state of theology. Folks, what we need is, is we need for Christians, those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, to get serious about that said faith in Jesus Christ. And so let's take a few moments when we come back after this brief break, and let's talk about what this survey found uh, as to the state of theology here in America. We'll be right back after this. Hey, just a reminder that you are listening to Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. You can find us on the web at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org. You can also find us at contendersradio.com. That's www.contendersradio.com. Be sure and check out the website on the site. You will find some resources, some articles and whatnot, but you'll also be able to listen to any of the episodes that you have missed right there on the site, on the free audio player, or you can always download the broadcast to listen at your own convenience, even setting up your iPod or your MP3 player to automatically download each new episode as it comes out every single week. What a bargain, man. As always, it's free, and free is a very good price. That's right. Free is a very good price. So welcome back to Contenders Radio. We're talking today about the state of theology. This is a survey that was uh, just released and uh, on, uh, I guess, uh, on the 16th of October 2018. It was a joint effort between Lifeway Research Today and Ligonier Ministries. And uh, this survey uh, is done every two years, and it helps to uncover the answers to what's happening in the American church, at least uh, by those who are professing to be evangelical Christians. And so I want to jump right in and uh, and just begin to look at some of the highlights from this survey. And I say highlights, I guess really I should say the lowlights. It is a horrible, horrible uh, reality, the condition that we find ourselves in here in America in the evangelical world. Well, it starts off this way. It says, evangelicals have a great concern for the gospel, yet a majority of them also express some views that that are contrary to the truth of the Bible. And that's what we find here. In fact, uh, the first example it gives is that th- is, is this, rather. It says, although evangelicals believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, for their salvation, uh, many do not fully understand the gravity of their sin. 
And statement number 11 uh, in the survey said this, every sin, or, or rather everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. That was uh, statement number 11. Let me repeat it. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Well, the finding was that 52% of professing evangelical Christians Those who were surveyed, they agree with that statement that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Folks, that is simply wrong. What a sad state of affair that that these that 50 percent. 52% of evangelicals would agree with that, that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. The Bible tells us something completely different. In Romans 3.10, the Bible says that there is none righteous, not even one. None. There is none righteous. Folks, we are steeped into sin at birth. Romans 3.23 goes on to tell us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Folks, we we could continue on and see in Romans five six that that we are in fact ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly, and 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 who is the ungodly? Well, that is us. For all have sinned. Let me just turn there. Romans five six tells us this. Romans chapter five or six says, "For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly." But God demonstrates verse eight His own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Folks, we are sinners at birth. That's why we needed a Savior to begin with. So this idea that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature, is completely foreign to the Scripture. There is none good. It just completely, flatly, outright contradicts what the Scripture teaches. And and the problem is um, that we, we just don't read the Scriptures. Sadly, most of our churches, pastors today, are not preaching verse by verse, word by word through a biblical text. Um, and that is so important. Most churches today serve a steady diet of, of, of nothing more than a TED talk. And, and folks, we don't need TED talks. We need the scriptures. We need the Bible rightly divided. We need the Bible loudly proclaimed. We need men in our pulpits today who will stand up on the word of God, hold it up as the inerrant, infallible, perfect, sufficient, all-sufficient word of God, and they will say, thus saith the Lord. That's what we need in our churches today. The problem with so many of our churches is that they just simply won't do that. People want hirelings who will just give them a a, a TED talk or, or some you know three point positive affirmation. Folks, we don't need positive affirmations. We need we need bold declarations of the truth. Bold declarations of the truth. I'm grateful that I'm in a church that wants this. We're a church that proclaims the Bible. We believe the Bible. We believe it's sufficient. We believe it has everything we need for life and godliness. And and what a blessing it is for me to be able to pastor a people who hunger and thirst for righteousness and who hunger for the truth of God's word. What a blessing indeed. And so uh, we, we need more of that today, folks. We need absolutely more of that. Most people are not good by nature. In fact, none are good by nature. There's none righteous, not one. Again, Romans 3, chapter 10. We are radically corrupt, steeped in sin at birth. And, and, and folks, we need to, to remember that. And, you know, just thinking about that verse, Romans 3, 10, again, I, I just, I'd be remiss if we didn't just look at the following verses. Romans 3, 10, we're pretty familiar with. There's none righteous, not even one. But it goes on in verse 11 and 12 to say, there's none who understands. There's none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. There 
is not even one. And folks, if that's not bad enough, it says that our throat is an open grave. Our tongue, we keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under our lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Folks, that's our condition naturally, outside of salvation in Jesus Christ. So, so... Folks, what, what a sad way to just jump into this survey, believing that most people are good by nature. The Bible says otherwise, and it's time that our churches, it's time that Christians remember that and get back to proclaiming that. The Bible is, or rather the Bible has the answer, and it is the answer because it points the way to Jesus Christ. Obviously, yes, salvation is not by the Bible, it's by Jesus Christ. It comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's the works of another, the working of Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when we come to him in repentance, confessing our sins before him, believing that uh, the Lord Jesus was risen from the dead, confessing with our mouth that he is Lord, the Bible says we will be saved. But it's the Bible says that we will be saved. The scriptures tell us that. And, and you know, there are folks today who just, who just don't believe they are, for, for whatever reason, and I don't want to you know, place motives on any of these folks, but there are men today like uh, Andy Stanley who, who was telling us that we need to get unhinged from the Old Testament, that it's not relevant anymore, and that uh, we need to quit saying the Bible says. And, and folks, I'm sorry, but Andy Stanley is wrong. Thus saith the Lord. We see that in the scriptures. And we only know the way to Jesus through the scriptures. We're only able to know the power of God, the the, the saving of God, the, the way we can be justified through the scriptures. It's through the scriptures. And, and, folks, we believe here that this word is sufficient for us. And so what a sad state of affairs that that professing pastors and, and then other evangelical Christians um, just believe we're good by nature. That, that's simply not the case. And and you know here we are halfway into our our time today and and we're only we've only looked at one of these things and and um I don't know about you but my blood pressure is boiling when I think about the sad sad state of affairs in the American church today folks evangelicals are confused simply confused because again we've had a steady a steady diet of of not scripture but just of of self-help talks Folks, a lot of what's being taught in churches today is no different than what you would catch on the Oprah Winfrey show or on some from some self-help um, psych, psychoanalyst. Um, folks, we need to get back to the Bible. Again, the Bible has what we need for life and godliness, and, and it teaches us a right view of humanity. We need to know, like the Bible tells us, that, that before Christ, we, before he saved us, we were rejectors of Christ. And uh, John chapter 12, verse 48 says, He who rejects me and, and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him in the last day. And, and folks, before Jesus saves us, that's what we were. We were Christ's rejectors. We were under God's abiding wrath. John 3.36 says that he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 3.19, even before that, says this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light. Their deeds were evil. Folks, we were lovers of darkness before Jesus saved us. We weren't basically good. None of us are good. There's none, not one. Again, Romans 3, 10 and following. Folks, 
the survey uh, as if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't depressing enough, bad enough, as we look at the state of affairs here in the evangelical Christian world in America. Uh, there's another statement. It was statement number three that says this. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Now, the findings uh, in 2018 say that 51% agree with that statement that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Only 42% disagreed with that statement. Now, folks, listen, this is problematic on, on, on many levels, but first and foremost, to believe that God accepts just any religious worship is, is, is foolish and simply not biblical. It's simply not biblical. We know that, that the Bible tells us, in, in fact, um, one place in John chapter uh, John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus tells the woman of Samaria, the woman uh, at the well, this lady who was living a lifestyle um, of, 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 of affairs, adulterous relationships, as the Bible calls it. We use the word affair, but it's, it's an adulterous relationship, and she was having multiple. And as she begins to argue about Jesus um, over the nature of worship and whatnot, Jesus tells her, an hour is coming, and this is in John 4, verse 23, an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. We can't um, worship God any way we want to at all. We can't worship God just however we want to. The Bible actually prescribes for us the ways we are, uh, the way in which we are to worship and and. We can do another episode uh, talking about just such things. One of the things that we at our church have, have recommitted to is being a church that not only preaches the word, a church that reads the word, but also to be a church that prays the word and sings the word as well. Uh, we, we want to sing scripture. We want to sing um, and uh, primarily scripture would be great if we could sing just scripture. The Psalms, for instance, were, were written they, to be sung. They were songs. Now, there's a Hebraic, um, a Hebraic feel to them, obviously, and, and we don't have the sheet music passed down to us in the pages of the scripture. That'd be great. It'd be very helpful. Uh, we have different style preferences here in America, different instrumentation and whatnot, or, or the lack of instrumentation. But uh, the issue is the words that we're singing. Now, we have gone through uh, several times over the last few years and, and weeded out songs that were, were theologically wrong. We've weeded out songs that were, were theologically vague. We weeded out songs that were very much us-centered. And not that we can't ever sing about you know, aspects of us and our thoughts or feelings or, or, or the blessings we have in Christ. Uh, the Psalms are, are very personal uh, in that regards. But, but the emphasis for much, much of the songs that are, that are used today um, are, are, are very self-centered and self-serving. I feel so good, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of songs, the bubblegum, popcorn, rainbow, unicorn kind of feeling things. Um, so we've made a very deliberate effort to go through and begin to weed out uh, those types of songs. We want to sing scripture or at least sing um, words. Maybe they're not uh, chapter and verse per se, scripture, but we want to sing songs that that line up with the clear teachings of scripture. We don't want to sing things that are vague or theologically incorrect. And so our worship is to be done in truth it's to be done in spirit and in truth and so what that tells us is is 
is that that God accepts right worship, not worship from all religions, not contrary beliefs, but truth. Our worship has to be grounded and based on the truth. So we want to we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. And and folks, you have to understand that that all religions they don't worship the God of the Bible. They worship gods of their own making. They worship idols. And and what Paul tells us is is that uh, idols are are nothing more than 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 demons. If there's any so-called God behind them at all, then uh, that so-called God is nothing more than a demonic spirit. And so. Um, I'm reminded of of the Apostle Paul when he went uh, into Athens and and there at Mars Hill he he saw all of the all of the statues all of the all of the idols as he passed through and and the Bible tells us in Acts 17 verse 16 that his spirit became provoked within him when he was observing the city full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. And they also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing and 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 he begins to engage there in the midst of them at the Areopagus in in Mars Hill. He says, men of Athens, I observe that you're very religious in all aspects for while I was passing through verse 23 and examining and uh, the the objects of your worship. I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. And he says, therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. And he begins to talk to them about the creator God, the Lord God, who's the creator of all, the giver of all good things. He's sovereign over all. He's the lover of all. And he's also the judge of all. He begins to very specifically line out who the Lord God is. And, and he talks to them about worshiping this God. The, the the context would have us understand that that they weren't rightly worshiping the Lord God. They did so in ignorance. And folks, Judaism, Islam, um, Buddhism, Hinduism, there's a plethora of ideals about who God is or who the gods are. But folks, we're to worship God in spirit and in truth. And it's sad that so many, 51% of professing evangelical Christians believe God accepts the worship of, of, of all religions. I mean, think about what's included in all religions. Satanism, Wicca, witchcraft, paganism. So worshiping the earth is worshiping God? Worshiping Satan or living a life um, in honor of Satan, which to give honor to Satan is to worship Satan. That's acceptable to God. I, I think not, folks. I think not. We need to be very careful with allowing political correctness and and relativism. This ideal that um, has permeated American culture and sadly the American church as well. We need to be very careful with those ideologies. The Bible's very clear. The gospel is the only way of salvation, and God does not accept false worship. He does not accept strange fire before him. He does not accept the worship of other faiths. It's only through Jesus Christ and by his spirit that we're able to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That is the only way. That's the only way. Now, there was one good shining note here, and and uh, we'll wrap up here today. And and our next broadcast, we'll look at some more of these um, uh, of this survey and some more of the of the the lowlights, if you will, from this survey. But one one good thing that we do see here in the survey 
is that um, the the that evangelicals overwhelmingly agree that justification is by faith alone. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and the statement was this. It was statement number 13 of the survey, and it said that God counts a person as righteous not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. Only 7% disagreed with that statement, but 91% agreed that God uh, counts a person as righteousness not based on one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. And, and folks, that's what the Bible declares for us. And In fact, in Romans, where we were earlier, uh, we see that uh, verse 20, uh, Romans three twenty one says, Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there's no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. It's the redemption through Christ Jesus. And it goes on to tell us why. Because it's Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. For he, for, for the demonstration, I say, of the righteousness, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul goes on to say, where's the boasting then? And, and the answer is, there is no boasting. It's excluded. Why? Because we don't save ourselves. No work of ours can save ourselves. There's none righteous, not one. All of our righteous deed, Isaiah tells us, is, is nothing more than filthy, bloody, discarded garments, discarded rags. Folks, we need the righteousness of another. We need the righteousness of another. And that righteousness comes only through Jesus Christ. He alone is able to be the just one, being perfectly holy, and the justifier. He's the only one that can pay for our sins. He is the propitiation. He's the divine satisfaction for our sins. Only the sacrifice of Jesus can satisfy the requirement, the holiness, and the wrath of God. Only the sacrifice of Jesus can accomplish that. No other work can do what Jesus alone can do. Again, Romans tells us, Romans uh, chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And why? Because while we were still helpless, verse 6, Christ died. The just for the unjust. Verse 8, again, God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And what did he do? He's justified us by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath of God through Jesus Christ. For while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Folks, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that, that is the essence of the gospel. The gospel, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto the salvation of all who believe. Folks, we are made righteous because of the work of another. It's the work of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that you understand that. I pray that you believe that. I pray that you take hold of that and that you come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, believing that, that God raised him from the dead, confessing with your tongue, as the Bible tells us in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I pray that you will call on the name of the Lord and be saved.
I invite you to do that today if you have not done so already. And if you are a believer today, I pray that you will get into God's Word, that you will commit to a local church that teaches the Bible unashamedly, verse by verse, line by line, precept upon upon precept, that you will get involved and that you will dig into your faith, that you will trust the Bible, you'll read the Bible, you'll study it, you'll chew on it, you'll ruminate upon it, you'll meditate upon this Word, you will believe this Word, and you will contend earnestly for the faith. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast of Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. For more information on this or other broadcasts, please log on to our website, contendersradio.com. That's contendersradio.com. You can also find us on the web at kevininman.org. That's kevininman.org. There you will find podcast episodes, blog posts, study helps, and more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again for listening. And may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth.